Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey, everybody. David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. The venerable Jim Morton is known for often saying, training doesn't cost, it pays. But as shop owners, we're expected to cover that cost in the hope of seeing a future payoff. Does it pay to attend shows like the iScan Technical Training Conference, where we recorded this episode? To have this conversation, we sat down with Dwayne Crawford, the owner of Family Auto Care in Owens, Maryland, as well as Rick Kern, one of the technicians Dwayne brought with him to ITTC. Before we get started, don't forget to set this podcast to automatically download the latest episode. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast player and keep an eye out for new content on our YouTube channel. And now, here we go. go and jump into a recording right just a regular episode um so uh what are you so doing out wait here? to drop your f-bombs <laughs> why because it's live I'm i don't out. know who's listening i'm out i didn't know this was going to be restricted <laughs> that's it i'm good i'm good so good morning Dwayne. good morning good how morning, are you man we've been friends for a long time it's the first time we've met in person and, and been at an event together isn't it Indeed, the good old good old interwebs allow us That's to right. get to know one another. Yeah, definitely. And so, what in the world are you doing here, all the way from Maryland? What, tell us what's up. Yeah, we're we're trying to be be better technicians and serve our customers better. So, right, Cecil's a great place to start that. So, I've always I followed agree. Cecil with his business management classes and such. Right. Uh, and then Oscan came around. Yep. Eric introduced himself to me. Yeah. Uh, I put him through the interview process. I guess probably about three months before we end up investing. Right. The iScan platform. Yeah. And then with the two combination of uh, both business management classes and, and technician support. Right. We thought this was just an ideal. 
Yeah, man, it is a pretty nice, and the facility is pretty cool. I Fantastic. mean, it really is, and it's it's different than what we normally go to, right? Like, it's not your standard event, right? Um, and it is much more social. It seems like a whole lot more social stuff going on. I agree. Sure. I agree. It's definitely set up so much more that way versus yeah. we're what we usually roll up into a hotel and we're down in their conference room or right. or that that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. fantastic. Beautiful it really is. It yeah. really is. And the food, man. The food's been amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, Rick, yep. tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I've been a technician for 28 years. Okay. Um, mostly just whatever comes in the door kind okay. of place. And then I hooked up right. with Dwayne about eight years ago. Really? And now we, we specialize in German. Right. Um, high-end cars. Right. Uh, Mercedes, BMW. Uh, Lexus Acura Volkswagen. Right, uh, right. So. Dwayne's a pretty cool dude, isn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been fun. <laughs> Don't, hey, <laughs> Boy, he wasn't supposed to hear that. Ding, ding. Shoot, yeah. I was supposed to mute that so he couldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> won't be able to get out the door as hell's full right. up. Yeah. So, um, so, very cool. What's Thus far, what's been your biggest takeaway from the event? What Dwayne, what, what are you thinking when you... You may be dig deep because there, there's been so many takeaways. Right. Um, it, it's really just been incredible. Quite honestly, every time we get off script, yeah. It, it seems to be my best takeaways when we get yeah. something. Absolutely. Um, Cecil's running through a, a class. He got. He looks at his watch. He says, we got 30 minutes left. not going to make it. Go read all this stuff on your tablet later. Let's right. continue this conversation we're on now. So just yeah. sort of that fluid you yeah. know, ability to, to adapt and, and Absolutely. meet the mood of the, the room. You know, and it's been fantastic. I talked to Cecil yesterday, and one of the things I thought was really interesting was that, that on um, Friday night, during the panel, after the panel, we had the, the question session. Mm-hmm. And so it went, you know, I know uh, an event organizer looks at that and says, oh, my God, please stop it. Right. But I think those are the conversations that that usually don't get to, to be had. Right. Exactly. It's always we try and polish the event. We try and polish what's happening and 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 clean it up so much. And we don't want to say things that offend people or hurt people's feelings. Yep. But a lot of that was very important for others in the room to hear. Right, because they don't get to hear that that much, and then the follow-ups that come from it, because yeah. that was out of our character of what we were right. speaking about. There's five, ten more conversations that happen later amongst the other exactly. shop owners, technicians. So it's just like you do on ASOC. Or, right? How did your day go? How would you have handled this? That type yeah. of thing. I know I had at least seven, eight different conversations after yeah. Friday. Absolutely, it was yeah. pretty cool. And and you know, I was telling Cecil one of the coolest things for me, and David wasn't here. Imagine that David shows up late. I was late this morning. I can't say anything. Exactly. So why are you even saying it? Why? Well, because you were late, what, three days in a row? <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, long story short, I thought it was really neat. Somebody said, like, hey, raise your hand if you're happy or raise your hand if you like what you do. And everybody in the room, their hand went up. And I get that, that there's a portion of our industry that doesn't feel that way, right? We're Absolutely. This is part of the 1% that shows up to training. We're the choir. Exactly. <laughs> but still, yet, yeah, I mean, the fact that that many people raised their hands was pretty awesome, in my opinion. I agree. So, I agree. you know, I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm going to end our live stream. So, folks, if you want to come back and listen to this, got to listen to the podcast. Um, so, you know, when, when we're talking about uh, when we're talking about the event, they're talking about what you're seeing here. What do you think the biggest challenges that you face as an owner over the next couple of years? What What do you think the challenge? Because we've talked about EV, we've talked about ADOS, we've talked about technician shortage. I, you know, when I talk to owners, primarily they're saying something completely different. I mean, they might recognize that those are aspects of the challenges coming. 
but that's not always the challenges they bring up. Like they're just trying to survive the day to day. Indeed. What what challenges do you see that we face over the next couple of years? Well, the the new things, so to speak, right? We're in EV and all that. That, that that's right. nothing new. There's always been changes. You know, right. when we went from carburetor to fuel injected. Right. You know, when we went from power brakes drum to disc to analog yeah. to traction control. That- Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your parts tech account, go to my shop, and click on the rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, parts tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, Shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. That's just all standard part of our industry, and we all adapt to that and we move forward. Right. I don't think EV, I think EV is going to be more the specialty market, like we heard right. uh, some of the others. So it's not as an immediate of a challenge for all shop owners, especially yeah. a specialty shop like ours. Right. Uh, but it is on the radar. It needs to be addressed. We need to right. start investing in, in that now, right. um, training and et cetera. My biggest challenge that I see is being able to grow our own. I think growing yeah. our own technicians and, and staff yeah. is a phenomenal way. It's how I did, besides uh, you know, simple schools, um, the governments have right. you know, all the red tape. I, I, wanted, I wanted to get on the board down at, at the uh, local school right. so, so that we could uh, start to train these technicians out. And yeah. you, you got to be bonded, insured, practically go to school oh, for ridiculous. two years, get a degree, you know, all this that's type ridiculous. of thing in order to just simply lend, lend a voice. Right. So, but what I did find is that there's still a great way to support all these. Right. Just without the bureaucracy of it. So right. I still go down and get my voice heard. I'm I'm the loud one in the back when they ask for conversations about right. it. Um, but I I don't put the energy through in some of the others. Right. Uh, or that I could is, right. is what I'm saying. And I get beat up a little bit about that. Like Seth will, will say, "Yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to change unless you get on that board." Right. You can, right. can yell all you want. Um, and he set such a good example in that way. For example. Um, right, but it, it still doesn't make it any easier to get through that red. Team. Right. So, and and are you talking about the NATEF, um, the NATEF meetings that you're going to, or or what meeting are you going to? I'm talking about our high school VoTech programs. Okay, specifically, yeah, the, the CCAP right. programs you know, within my county. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and so one of the ways that I would say that you, that we can be involved and we can we can be heard as long as you've got a good instructor is the NATEF meeting. So they they have to be NATEF accredited. And so in doing so, when you go into their NATEF meetings, they have uh, yearly and 
bi-yearly meetings, something like that. There's, there's a schedule they have to follow. And so they'll do meetings two times a year in some schools. And so if you go to that meeting and the instructor is a good instructor, they're going to listen. They're going to say, okay, right. I see what you're saying here. Here's the confounds of what I have to follow. Mm -hmm. Now, Seth has been on the NATEF board for a while and we've had talks about like, Hey, some of this information is outdated. So to Seth, I say, Hey buddy, um, you're talking about all this stuff. Maybe you, Seth should start changing things. Um, but so that, now I know where these ideas are coming. At. So here's here's the big thought is that that I think we talk about a lot of things that need to change as far as education goes. Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, we need to give the instructor flexibility, right? Because I was talking to Eric, our local instructor, and man, he is killer. He has a massive program, right? And so he started. He had he had decent engagement when he started the program lost an instructor it kind of dwindled a little bit and then they got a new instructor eric comes in he's fired up he cares about the kids he wants to do this you know he's excited about working on cars passion is everything right exactly so all of a sudden the program starts to build it gets steam it gets a wait list it's huge right and it's an amazing facility i'm going to tell you right now that our high school has the nicest shop you've ever seen it has the nicest shop i've ever seen and nice. i've seen a lot of shops i mean you look at tom shearer's shop that is a beautiful and amazing facility. Tom would be like, oh, my God, if he saw this high school, right? It's amazing. And that's where we need to get the, to get the yeah. opinions changed of the grease monkey. Exactly. The exactly. I mean, I want to say they had like 200 people at the NATEF meeting the other day. Parents, the whole nine yards that's at excellent. this high school. And so Eric said, look, he said, I need one thing from y'all. He said, I need the ability to have flexibility and go where the student needs me to be. Right? Like, Rick, you know, one of the things that we talk about with technicians is you've got to learn where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. Right? And if we start trying to teach you something that's way outside your purview, mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult to pick that up and learn and run with it. Yeah. What, you know, when we talk education, what's your biggest takeaway right now? I see that you're at training right now. What's been your path of learning as far as being a technician goes? Um, I've worked at shops that they value training. Right. But they didn't. Carry, carry it through as much right. as they probably should have. But, um, you know, with Dwayne, you know, he's, he, we're, we're actually coming to training. Right. Um, and it seems like the more you learn, the yep. more you realize you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. And I think, you know, just the way technology is going uh, logarithmically, you know, it's, right. it's, it's a little intimidating. But I think events like this kind of energize you, you know, and yeah. make you want to learn more. Yeah. So um, what were these other shops doing? Um. It was just, we should go to training. Anybody want to go? <laughs> right. You know, and, and it just never happens. Right. Um, was it the pizza party trainings that, that yeah, everybody talks the, about, you know, from uh, five to eight? Well, yeah, we're in the back of a parts store somewhere, you know, and they bring somebody in. Right. Um, this is nice here. This is really nice. Uh, yeah. You can tell that you're putting a lot more into the training here. Right. Definitely. Um, so if they're trying to put together training programs, do you think that they should roll back? Because I had a conversation with a, a part supplier, and he was like, I need to figure out, we need to spend our training budget, and I need to figure out what to, to bring in. Mm -hmm. And I asked my technicians, I mean, this is the full schedule from, from AC Delco, and some of these training classes are pretty high-end. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, I don't, I don't know what to bring in. He's like, we get no response from the local shops. They don't, they won't. They don't want to go to the training classes, so mm -hmm. sometimes they're only 50% full. 
I send all four of my texts. They show up. But even then, you know, the, it's it's the they have it at a pizza place, and uh-huh. you know, it, it turns into sort of this um, afterthought. Uh-huh. So, do you think that they should maybe scale that back entirely and go to a, a more dedicated event like this, and spend instead of having monthly classes, maybe have just one big event, or what do you think? Yeah, I like this this venue better. Um, you know, typically the classes that we used to go to would be, you know, you've worked a full day and now you're going to spend three or four hours yeah. in the back of a parts store and you're half falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's hard to retain that knowledge. Yeah. It's really hard. It, you know, and... and How is it any different than coming to this here? Because he's... Dude, by the end of the day, I am so beat. Like, I get that you sit and watch TikTok and all this other crazy stuff all day. I don't have TikTok. I don't want to get monitored by the CCP. I've seen I've seen the videos of you sitting watching YouTube all day. YouTube, right? yes. Like, you don't... Like, when you're in the shop and you're you're trying to push the shop forward and you're working on the cars, you're... you're man, by the end of the day, it is hard to retain that knowledge. I no, I, I get that. But I'm saying, how is that any different? Trying to retain the knowledge after a full day worth of work and then going to a five-day class... Or spending all day Friday, the entire day training, all day Saturday, most of Sunday, and then you got to go back to work on Monday. Yeah, I, I understand that, and I, I do see your point. Right? Is it is it just that the classes here are more uh, in depth? I think the quality of instructor is a lot better. Yeah, um, and yeah, and it is more in depth. And engaging. The material yeah. is so much more engaging. That, I think that's the big thing, is yeah. it's engaging. And the other thing is, is you've got a little bit of choice, right? Because we've talked about this before. Like, when we train people, if we're training them based on a broad spectrum and we're going to paint everybody with the same brush, we're going to throw everybody in one class, mm-hmm. you know, I, look, I've got an apprentice. She's not going to pick up on the things that Rick's going to pick up on, right? And I've got a, a service advisor that's not going to pick up on the things that Dwayne's going to pick up on. Right. And so those classes are useless for them. And so we, we've got, let's say we've got a class a month. Those are, that's 12 classes. I might have two or three classes for each person that they can pick something up from it. Whereas here we've got a little bit of choice, right? I, I can I send them over here. I can send them over there. I can get things that they're more passionate about, more interested in that's at their level. With a little I bit don't- Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're a little bit less of that. Like I was talking about before that, uh, when the guy comes in at the end of the evening and you know, we're on some snap on training class, he's got two hours to get through what he's going to present yeah, and, and hand you a certificate. He doesn't care what you picked up out of it, man. He's just handing you a certificate at the end of the day. Yeah. Every time we've ever gone to one of those classes, our comments are all, I learned more from talking to the other technicians than Amen. I did from the yeah. instructor. And yeah. while that is critical to any class we ever go, there's no doubt yeah. about it sitting around a round table. Yeah. Uh, being able to not to be more flexible with your schedule right. and, and flow with the room is just right. all the difference in the world. Me and you attend a lot of training, right? And I don't know about you. I personally feel like now I get more from networking outside the training class and talking to other people, talking to other shop owners, see what they're doing, see how they're doing it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I've gotten more from that than I do because management training, you know, David and I were talking about this the other day. Management training seems to be, there's only so much that they can put into a class. Yep. And then it comes down to how you're running your business and the specifics of, of your area and what you're doing and how you're doing it different than somebody else. Sure. It's hard to put into a class. 
Whereas if you're sitting around talking to a bunch of owners and they're saying, hey, I struggled with this and I did this, man. And, and I think that's why ASOG is so valuable, right? Because you get Absolutely. to have those conversations that nobody else is having. Yep. What would you do different, David? I don't know. That's why I'm asking questions. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I, there's there, Maybe there isn't any value in the evening classes. I, I can't do an evening class. I've, I've been to some. I we can't we have a lot in our area. I mean, a lot. They're doing, I could probably send somebody to a class every night or once a week, every week, the entire year. Three to four hour classes every single night or every single week. Uh, and do you, do you think? I try to send my guys to a lot of them. And if it's the, the topic is interesting to them, they will tend to go. They will spend all day working and then they will leave and they will go to the class. If I push them and I'm like, hey, this is something you should probably pick up on. When we started doing 1234YF, hey, this is really important. Hey, the vendor's telling me this class is killer. You need to make sure you go. Right. And if the content's good, they come back excited, energized. They have flyers. They're throwing, hey, we need to get this tool. And, you know, and I love to see that. But that was an evening class. So I, I just I don't I you know I don't, I don't know the answer here. It's interesting you bring that up because there was a um, there was a parks rep that said, "Oh, this one instructor is amazing. This one instructor is so great, best instructor you've ever seen. They teach really well. They've got all this information." And the way they were measuring the quality of the instructor was the number of sales they got after the class. Right? <laughs> so, makes a lot of sense. Um, well, know. I mean, if they do a good job, if you're a vendor or whatever. But you know, one of the issues is. Um, uh, a lot of these instructors will do online classes. I had, uh, was, there was one class in particular. It was a full-blown EV class. It was hands-on. It was at the technical school. All day Saturday. It was a really small classroom, so the size was limited. I had one tech. He's like, man, I really want to go to this. Great. Fantastic. I'll send you. But it, the instructor was one that he had said in the past was awful. And what it turns... You're... You're freaking us out, Justin. <laughs> he's like walking by. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm watching you. I want my money's um, worth, David. <laughs> and and I, asked the, I asked the technician, I thought, I thought you said this guy was awful. And he's like, no, no, he's awful online. In person, he's fantastic. He's one of the best instructors I've ever been to. I'm like, yep. really? Online is, is all. So these, you know, um, G. Truglia is, uh, is here. He does a ton of, I love his classes online. They're like, Minute, the entire 60 minutes packed of information, and it's flying at you, which is the way I like to learn. Right. And he's going 100 miles an hour. I think that's the best class ever. Online, I don't want to go anywhere. I can sit in my jammies. I can pull it up on my phone. I can go 100 miles an hour, and I will get as much information. I can go back and listen to it a second, third time. Yeah. Uh, that I, makes sense to me, and they seem to be popular, but I, I don't know. Does that is that useful for you? Yeah, I think so. Uh you don't have to be diplomatic here. You can say, no, I yeah, hate you, those. The classes are exactly. awful. You, you, listen, we, we say anything and everything. You don't have to worry about what you say. You if, can, if, you're, if you're not, if you don't say like they're awful for me and every other technician I've ever talked to, I hate them all, then they're going to keep doing them. You know what I'm saying? They're like, nobody's watching. Right. And exactly. it's like, yeah, it's, it's so important. Do you, do you think they're useful? Yeah, the lunch and learn? Yeah, you just... You know, when I, when I was talking before, I just it was my preference to come to something like this. But there is value in the after-work classes. And, and depending on, like I said, the instructor, if they're good and they, they fill your need, yeah. right, that, that uh, 
I mean, I've, I've definitely learned from those classes. Versus like a Saturday hands-on class. So, yeah. you know, my question for you is this then, and, and, you know, a, this class is, is what I would consider a, or this, this event is a destination based training, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think about it, it's beautiful out here mm-hmm. and there's tons of restaurants and there's tons of stuff to do. If you wanted to come out and do other stuff. It's very strange. They have a nice restaurant, and then right next to it, another restaurant with uh, bars on the windows. Right. Yeah. Right next to it. The bars on the windows always taste better. Exactly. Listen. <laughs> Depends I, what they're selling. Like, <laughs> certain foods. You, know, like, you Listen, don't want to go in there and buy sushi. That's yeah. probably not. <laughs> we, we all know what David Poston says behind closed doors. So the only bars on windows he needs to worry about are gray. What's uh, <laughs> oh. well, gray? I don't get it. I don't get the joke. You, well, if you keep it up and you keep posting some of the stuff you post and you keep saying some of the things you say, I promise eventually you will find out. About I told you I'm going to end up in the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up in the gulag eventually. But David, you uh, mentioned it and it's, and it's huge. So we do a lot of training and, yeah. and we have our favorite instructors and such. Those same instructors during COVID had to move to an online platform. Right. So suddenly we saw some struggle, right, as they tried yeah. to, to learn. So, like, the first class that came out of, from one of our favorite training, it was all right. It, it did okay. By the time I'd watched it again the third time that they presented yeah. it, fantastic. It was so right. much better. You're just so nervous the first time trying to do it. You know, yeah. so yeah. as we're seeing that change, the the um, Zoom online classes, et cetera. And, and another thing that's nice about those is the cataloging of it. I know right. that uh, Lucas talked about this. I just got to go figure out where that was, and then I, I can see it again. Not instead of having to go back through my notes or yeah. you know whatever it is yeah. on, a, on a PowerPoint from the class. Yeah, and, and it, it allows you to kind of get a, a grasp for it. And, and I think the same thing with manuals, but it's a lot harder, right? Like I've taught right. my guys, take a thing of sticky notes and write a note down and then drop it on the top of the book. That way, when you put it on the bookshelf, we've got a bookshelf in my office that has all the training manuals on it. That way, when you pull that training manual out, like, hey, I know I'm – well, I think it was uh, – it was a BMW a while back that I had gone to one assess class, and he brought up that hey, once you do enough regens, or if it locks it, that ECM's done. You're not getting in it. You're going to have to have somebody do either EPROM work, or you're going to have to replace it. There's no way around it. Right. And so one came in the shop, and he said, "Hey, I know that we've talked about this before." And I'm like, "Hey, it's on a sticky note. Go pull that book out. There it is. Okay, this doesn't apply to that rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's valuable. And and I. I think there's value in those trainings, right? Like I got my start in the technical world from Paul Danner videos, right? And watching them and going through those videos and he would do the work while you were watching and he would say, oops, I screwed that up. Oops, I did this. Why is that fuse on fire? You know, and it was real life and it was things that we all dealt with. So it was, it it felt real, right? It felt organic. The same reason the podcast works is because we will sit here and say anything about anybody. We don't care. (laughs) Nobody listens to the podcast. Um, Actually, so I, is it that Danner? No no, 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 no. One person does listen to the podcast. That would be you because you have to edit it. So. Oh, yeah, I do have to. Two of us. Dwayne <laughs> says he listens to it. <laughs> Two of us listen to it. So is it is it that it was entertaining content then with, with Paul Danner? I think it was entertaining content, and it was, it was taught in a way that everybody can understand. It was, in other words, so like if you started Paul's first video, Right. And, and you start because he did the book and he, he did the video in, in like succession of the book. And then he also has like the case studies. If you start at the first video, right, in Paul's library, the first video is 
here's basic electrical. Great. Okay. I can work through basic electrical. And even though I know basic electrical, I picked up some new things. And then all of a sudden you see that there's a link down below that says, hey, here's a case study for this basic electrical. Here's a case study for this basic electrical. Here's a case study for this one. And so as you're watching the video, you're reading the book and then you click on a link. Oh, I see what he's talking about. I see how that can be valuable. And it goes piece by piece by piece until you make it to a very, very high level, completely on the other end of that spectrum, right? And so I, I think it was the fact that it took you up. It wasn't that he was trying to jam everything in like, you know, drinking water from a fire hose. It was, hey, let's start at the basics. I understand that a lot of you guys already have the basics. Let's start at the basics and let's go through that. Get some understanding the way I understand it. That that's, way when I teach still, it, you understand it. That's still the horse looking for water. You got to pull some of these horses to mm-hmm. the water. Yep. And ask well, them to drink. So that's what I was saying about destination training, right? Like, would you rather come to somewhere like this mm-hmm. or would you rather go to a park store and sit behind a park store counter and, and listen to a class? Which would you rather do? No, this, this, was, this is the better option. Okay, but right? that's free. The park store thing is free or yeah. it costs 50 bucks or $100 uh-huh. per tech. You have four techs. It's $400 for that. Okay, whatever. This would cost thousands of dollars plus a day shut down in the shop. So you lose that day's revenue. I mean, you're talking about a $10,000 investment. Do, do you think you get what you pay for though? I don't, I don't, I disagree. I disagree. You're going to have to show me how this is worth $10,000. Well, here, here's that's the thing. a lot of money, dude. David, I plan to do that, sir. You're going <laughs> to put it on a spreadsheet I'm for me. I'm going to show you. Uh, well, and, and that's what I, I, what's the metric though, it, and it's not. It, it, there's not a measurable metric to that. Uh, I'm talking a year, you know. So over the next year, will I make this back? Oh heck yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. agree. I agree. Because here's the thing: is is it does more than just the technical training. Right? Confidence. It, it, it's confidence. It's the culture. Those are measurables. I understand that. You, you feel you, great. Great. Fantastic. Like, I don't care how the, you feel. Like you I need the, the money in the bank account. You see it in the numbers, right? You see that in the No. The, you do? You see it in the see, performance I nailed of the shop. I nailed that. It's about I the only thing you've nailed. Um, <laughs> it's the little things. <laughs> hey, you got a win today, David. What's that? You got a win today. The Celtics are playing today. That was my uh my Jason Tatum right there. <laughs> Green well, Mamba. That there. I, I do believe you get what you pay for in, yeah. in, in everything in life. It's, right. you know, we're not the cheapest shop in town, and, and they know it from the right. minute they walk in the door. No, but there's, there's measurable value in what you're bringing to the table. Okay, There's a, there's a certain level of transparency. There's rapport building. There's competency. Sure. There's, there's a lot of elements there that then build value in the consumer's eyes. I don't argue with that. I'm not saying that this is not excellent training. I can see the instructors. I can see the excitement, the buzz around it. I can you. I will just compress. It's fine, dear. Anyway, um, I can see all of that. That makes sense. But for a shop owner to justify whatever the number happens to be, I mean, you went to SDX. How much did it cost you? Mm, close to twenty thousand. To- twenty. Twenty thousand dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. which is. What like four to five days worth of business for you, right? Yeah, and then we gross took those, revenue we that you're going to have to generate 
Yeah, so you really, it's not 20000 It costs you twenty plus the week lost in revenue. So, so you're looking at forty to $45,000, maybe $50,000 of lost total dollars that are not in your bank account. Hey, and I, you have to somehow say, from a metric standpoint, from a employer to employee, hey, you're going to need to make me back $50,000. That's a... That's four years at a university. You see what I'm saying? Like you just paid for. I was. Hey, listen. I was taking one of my. That's a and... Tesla. Tesla, or we, we give you the warm and fuzzies because we're going to ship you off to Orlando for a week. Well, so first of all, I, I just want to make a point that I was following one of my good friends' advice. He said if you didn't spend your money, you were going to end up paying it to Uncle Sam. And okay, from very- that standpoint, then you make the argument and say, look, it's a tax write-off, and you go to Orlando and end up riding roller coasters all night for business purposes. That, okay, fine. That's a measurable <laughs> metric. I get to write the whole thing off. It's either that or I got to pay taxes on it. You, know, you, get, you get multiple... Uh, See, that was a good argument. Multiple benefits. Don't come back at me and say you get what you pay for. That's a terrible <laughs> argument. That... Uh, you, it's a tax write-off, dude. Okay, you know what? You're right. I concede. <laughs> there you go. So what were you going to say, Dwayne? Just the, the other benefits. You're talking about uh, going on a roller coaster ride. You're, the bonding experience of your group that you yeah. go as well. Yeah. You will physically see that in the shop. Absolutely. When now there's Absolutely. two, three technicians over, over one car that a week ago, they yeah. were all in separate corners. Exactly. Um, At each other's throats. I, I'll, I'll, I will show you because I'll compare and I can compare to last year. However you want to go is uh, for the next 30, 60, 90 days, that same bonding will show in shop numbers. Yeah. Now, yeah, measurable or immeasurable. I totally get you, Dave. There's no doubt. This is a massive investment. I, I, I pay my guys training time. They don't take off yeah. Friday and come here free. I pay their training time. Yeah. They'll get half rate for the weekends. So there's, they're still there. All expenses are paid full per diem. And we're closed tomorrow in order yeah. to recover from this. Now, we'll do a debriefing, so right. to speak, so to get more value out of it as we can and to share it with our manager. Right. Um, but there's there's just so much more than the, what we walked out of that classroom with at that moment. And, and, you know, one of the most valuable things I've found is that when you get everybody away from the shop and you're out and you're just hanging out having a good time, it takes the guard down a little bit. And people can say things that they normally wouldn't say. Without being offended. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So we can start having some conversations around dinner, and all of a sudden it makes a little more sense, right? Because, we're A, we're not compressed. We're not stressed to the max already, and it wasn't just the one thing, that the, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It was a, yep. a true conversation about, hey, what's best for everybody kind of deal. And all of a sudden you start to see a change in the dynamic of the shop like you talked about, right? The shop begins to change and you begin to see it lighten up. And and one of the reasons I don't think... Eric Bach will make that exact same argument for his like weekly or bi-weekly or daily, whatever it is that he does, like lunch sessions. It doesn't work. I'm trying. I'm telling you, it, we go to lunch once a week, and we go to lunch. We've not been doing it. We're going to start back. COVID stopped it because all the restaurants maybe those dinners. Time. But but we would go out and we would have lunch, and and it helps to a degree, but it's not the same. And and I will make the argument that the reason you don't see this is because you run a completely different culture than any other repair shop around. You don't push for numbers. You're completely laid back. You don't care about the numbers. You just want to have fun. You just want to enjoy it. And so your team reflects that. So it's not a push to get cars out. I mean, I know you talk about numbers and I know you talk about a push, but your environment, I, I know your guys. You know what I'm saying? It's a complete, everybody's making fun of everybody. Everybody's having a good time. 
the, the focus is not on the business and the cars. When you when you turn a corner and you really begin to to drill down and compress that that business into hey we are a performance machine we are going to do this we're sounds like hit. a miserable experience why would I do that but but I mean <laughs> that's what I'm shooting for but I'm saying for you you don't shoot for that so you may not the, see that same what's, change what's the argument for it though well, are mean, you you're you're saying that hey I push my guys to the brink. That therefore, for me to get them off the brink, I have to it, send them to Orlando for $25,000 or whatever, because that cost offsets the fact that I'm pushing them to the brink. It, it's not necessarily pushing them to the brink. It's it's pushing them to find themselves at a higher level, right? And so I like it, it's not so much trying to get a certain dollar amount or to get a boat, right? For me, it's the reward of doing something big, right? Like when we, so when we, with our shop, right, it's two and a half bays. When we started hitting numbers that people said weren't possible, that felt good, right? I drive to take it to the next level. That's what I enjoy doing. It, it I enjoy the tuning and the tweaking of each little screw. Yeah, I get that. I, I get that I, aspect that I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, do you feel that he pushes, the, just to pretend he's not there, do you feel he pushes <laughs> you to the brink? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so it's a performance machine. Do you run a performance we, machine, Dwayne? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but um, what what's I, the motivation I'm, behind that? I always want to be very open and transparent with my team. Uh, I, modern shop management programs allow you to kick half the things off yeah. of what they sign in and see. They can see it all. But yeah. let, you you end up with a good year last year, and then you look at your numbers and you're like, I want twenty percent more. What's the motivation behind the twenty percent more? So, so this guy's turning you 40 hours, and you're like, hey, I think you can do 45. You know, and and we, we'll send you to some training, and we'll get you like nailed down so you can do 45 hours the entire year. And if so, uh, I'll give you some more money, and I'll make more money. And like, what, what's, what's the point is what I'm asking. Yeah. Right. So you, you use the word pushed. I don't have to push. Right. We go to events like this. They know that I'm investing in them. Um, when we when we do any of these type of events, they know it's an investment, I mean, and they know that we expect a return on all investments we make in business. Yeah, um, but it, uh, it, it it gets them to be a whole lot more vested themselves. And, I agree and with I'm you one hundred percent. The, only got the issue folks. we're a shop of four, yeah. so right. just as example, so we're much more of a family, much more a little yeah. bit of the laid back, like you say, other than their own pressure, not me pushing, yeah. just saying here's where we are. We know what our expenses are, and we'll talk about rising expenses. Yep. Look, here's the cost of this part last year. Here it is this year. Those type of but things. But see, he, it's like, we do that, mm-hmm. right? But he, he's, that's what he's saying is, is laid back. It's, it's not. So the discussion at my shop is hey, for us to, to, we do a profit sharing program, okay? And we have like a minimum distribution that I give all my employees on a weekly basis, okay? And that's just factored in, so I don't have to pay taxes. And so uh, at the at the end of the the week, or the beginning of the week on Mondays, we have a meeting and say, hey, this is where we're at. We're trying to shoot for this goal here because then I can spread out more money. Uh, I can get a boat, whatever, right? And and But it's not that big a deal. Like it, It's just a measure of, hey, where are we at and how are we doing? And let's maintain the health of the business. That's my focus. Let's maintain the health of the business. Let, let's make sure that we're not that we're not struggling. Another COVID comes in, and we're on the brink again. You know, 
We went like three or four weeks in there where it was like a little dicey. I never laid anybody off. I didn't take any of the PPP money. We cash flowed all of it. But it got dicey there for a little while. And <clears throat> that's not what he does. When he says he's like driving a, like, yes, me, I am perfectly fine in a minivan and the minivan runs and it's, you know, fairly clean (laughs) and it's fairly clean. No, he wants a Corvette and he doesn't just want a Corvette. He wants it compound charged and he also wants it high compression and he wants a couple shots of nitrous in there too. That and he wants like that thing. For an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I can't have it explode. And that thing is like shaking as it's flying down the quarter mile drag strip. And also, by the way, it has to have completely tweaked out suspension. So it's got to be able to take turns too. And, and so that's what he's driving and he's pushing and he's like, we can get another three horsepower out of it. And they're like, oh, can we? Yes, we can. Let's do it. Okay. He's, uh, you know, and, and so he brings up a valid point, right? I think sure. it's something that we've got to think about. Um, a lot of coaches teach that. A lot of coaches keep driving for more, driving for more, raise your prices, raise your, raise your rates, whatever you got to do, keep driving for more, keep driving for more, keep driving for more. I think the raise your rates thing in our group is different than it is from what the coach is saying. Because I think what the group is saying is overall, as an industry, we have undercharged for so long. And the technology began to dwarf what we were working on. So I think the raise your rates in ASOG is much different than what the coaches say. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think what they're trying to say is, hey, we got to get our rates up because as a collective, we're undercharging. We can't pay our tax right. This is part of the problem. However, I think that coaches, their thing is, is I've got to be able to show you more money on the P&L, right? That's what we're here to do. And so I have often thought, like when it comes to raising rates and pushing and driving, there is a point where, but what if I don't want that? What what if I'm David and I don't want to go to that next level? I've got a level that I'm shooting for, right? I would like to. So you need to quit calling it next level. Like it's, I, I am reaching a next level. We're doing revenue that I couldn't fathom four years ago, three I, years ago. Like before I, I moved into this building, I, I'm not kidding. Like I could not even put together the mechanism in my head that would get me to the revenue numbers that we're hitting now. And and like I'm putting less effort now than I did four years ago you, to get the You realize this sounds very much do as I say, not as I do, right? Because you're the one who pushed me to get me out of the level that I was at. Right. No, no, you were on, you was, were in a state of despair. That's different. I don't I don't encourage any like if you're miserable, that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Is like you're like tweaking and this, that, and the other, and that the state of anxiety and just like and and worry and and listen, if I don't I just, I'm, if I don't have that, I become very much like you where I'm bouncing all over the place. I know that's fun. I, no, I I need that. That keeps me grounded and keeps me moving forward. Yeah, that, that's me exactly. Exactly. I'd have that anxiety if I wasn't. Exactly. If I if I really? take stuff off my plate, I'm like I get I get unwell because yeah. I there's too much. I need to be doing something. But same know? as with you, Dave. I, I, a few years ago, I had no dream that we could be where we are today. Yeah. But it, but it was letting others do their own work and me stepping back and passing that off. And it might have been yeah. the same for you. Maybe you're man, that's hard to do. Control. Oh, there's no doubt. Oh, that's, that's never been an issue. But, but you know, there's still the guidance and 
Yeah. It, it's all there. It's all just from the top yeah. down. Yeah. But, uh, there's so many things that are immeasurable. And yeah. I, I'm just trying to figure out a way to, to not necessarily justify the cost. Cause I, I don't, I, I don't want to imply or make you think that you wasted your money bringing Rick here and your other guys, or I, I don't want you to think that that's a big trip to go from Maryland to Utah, shut down your shop, having an extra day, do debriefing, all of that. That's a big commitment. That's a big investment. I don't want you to think that you are wasting money in any way, shape or form. I, I know you'll see value in, in what happened here and in, in any event, that's true of vision or when we, uh, I brought my shop to ASTE and we plan to go to ASTE again this year with, with, uh, everybody because we don't have any weddings right. going on or anything like that um but at the same time and and, the, and then so the discussion at the shop is going to be we need to hit these numbers to pay this off mm-hmm. but the end goal i don't know that the end goal is going to be the training you know i think the end goal is going to be more the trip and the experience amen. that is yeah. not afforded yeah. Yep. At any other job, you go work at a factory because this is Jeff Compton. He's dead wrong on this. You go work at Goodyear right now. What the, what are they paying? Almost a hundred thousand a year. They're paying over a hundred thousand. They're paying over a hundred thousand a year. They're paying uh, like ridiculous retirement benefits. Health insurance, insurance is not like boots, buying yeah. Everything. They're buying boots, this that, and the other. And you're doing QC work, mindless, repetitive, garbage QC work that will turn your brain to mush. And here's the thing, like. The work is boring, fine, whatever. They're well compensated. But the issue is like, you're not going to take off and go to freaking Orlando and go ride roller coasters. Like, that's not going to be a thing for you, you ever. You bring up a really good point. And, and that was one of the things that is you're talking, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about. I take yeah, we're just of, talking this out because I, I don't have the answers. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I'm taking my guys somewhere that they would not otherwise be able to go. Right. I'm or maybe them. they wouldn't choose to go on their own. Right. But now it's work related. The box, getting them outside the, you know, and 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 doing things that they normally wouldn't do. Right? Would you take off to go to Utah to some like rando training event that you saw and you're like, oh, maybe I want to do this? No, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so like you wouldn't push yourself to do these trainings and take off or whatever. Like so he comes in and he's like, hey, we're going to Utah. And like I could see benefit in that. Because it ends up being, it becomes a vacation at that point. Well, and and here here's the other thing that I'll point out is that, and and Rick, you may you may not feel this way, but what I do when I come places like this, initially I start like, eh, it's just another place, you know, and then you get here and you're like, hmm, I'd like to bring my family here. I, this would yeah. be cool to 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 come out and hang out and see this. And wow, I you know you start to to accumulate places you've been, things you've seen, experiences you've had. And all of a sudden, it begins to open your eyes to a world that you didn't know existed, right? And so, like, with the automotive training, technicians oftentimes feel like they're on an island, right? They feel like it's just me working in this shop. And then you start coming to stuff like this, and you realize it's much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more technicians. This field is very large. And there's a lot of stuff and, and ability and knowledge that we never knew existed. And so, you take somebody like you, Rick, who had been to the pizza party trainings and then you come to something like this and you see it and you're like, Holy cow. I didn't even know there were this many people that would go somewhere to attend training. What, what's your thoughts? I mean, do you come here and think, man, I would like to travel here. What, you know, what's your thoughts? Oh yeah. I, I, I took a lot of pictures, you know, when right. I here and, um, and, and, and to see, you know, there's big names in the industry and in this building. 
Right. And uh, that that's exciting to me. I yes. Mean, it's not, uh, like they said, the pizza party instructor. Uh, right. Know, slash salesman. Yeah, um, exactly. That's the big <laughs> one right there. Slash salesman. Good. Gosh almighty. Drives me nuts. Yeah. I like a good salesman. They sell me on stuff. That, <laughs> Josh, wasn't it? Josh? He saw, did you see his doodad? His little, uh, yeah, his voltmeter. That's really cool. Have yeah. you seen it? Oh, that na- nano tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I bought one. Neat. And a lot. Is it, is it technically called a doodad? Is that actually? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you work in David's shop, lots of things are called doodads, but we probably shouldn't go there, should we? I thought I knew what you were talking about until that came. Out. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I definitely did not see his doodad. <laughs> Sorry, you said anything. You can, you can tell he's been listening to the podcast. <laughs> that thing, that thing was really cool, and it. What he saw, what sold me was the training. So he has that the 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 classes and all that right. stuff mm-hmm. on how to set it up, and then how to work it, and then what you're supposed to be seeing off of it. That whole thing was fantastic, and then he dropped the price. You, you know, you can grab one for $263 right now. Yeah, really? if you go, yeah, if yeah. you put in the code. ITTC? Yeah. And yeah, so, ITTC? Yeah, they're going to do it for like two weeks or something like that. So, what? Doing it right, it's live right now. Like, you can get on there and. Yeah, for 262 bucks. Right. It's not the full kit. The full kit's 600 but their small kit with the probes and all that stuff is is 375 And then they take whatever it was, 20%. Yeah, and I've been thinking about one of the voltmeter anyway, so. That's pretty cool. What are you gonna do with it, I, dude? I I can't help myself if I if I am idle for any period of time, I'm like pushing technicians. Oh, get out of my way! I gotta do something. And luckily, oh, the building has anyway. kept me like occupied for a while. Poor Nathan, I can see why he is the way he is. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a service advisor who is extremely anxious, and Lucas it, makes him anxious. Is what he means. Just, it just so happens that his desk is right in front of my office. So, like, I'm listening to his conversations, and I'm like, Ooh. you know, yeah, so that's you can't do that. You cannot do that. I'm you cannot better. listen. Yeah, that, that, I'm so much happier now that I'm in a completely different building than Juan because he doesn't say it the way I would say it. And so I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, you want to step in, and you want to stay, and you know, it like, and you're just fighting it because you're like, oh, I you can't, I can't do it. Every you training can't. you've ever been, it says, don't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the world's worst for it, and I, I like. I will sit down and we'll coach through why I do what I do, right? Why do I have the conversation the way I have the conversation? Mm-hmm. It's been hard for me to realize I communicate at a different level than other people communicate, right? Like I grew up in a family business. My dad was an expert communicator. My brothers are expert communicators. My mom was an expert communicator. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of this. I got to interrupt him because he's going to rattle on for 20 minutes. A perfect <laughs> example of this, okay? Perfect example of this. Yesterday, I'm running late. I woke up late running. I didn't set my alarm. Everything. Now he's already here, all right. And rather than send a normal person, a normal person would send. What would you send? Somebody's late. You you're okay? waiting on them. What's that? You okay? Yeah, you okay? Hey, can you hurry up? That's what a normal person would do. Okay, not this freak show. He doesn't do that because then then you're not going to feel obligated. And so he thinks at a completely different level. And he goes, "Hey, he's like, hey, what's going on?" It's like, well, I woke up late. This said, you know, I'm going to be a little bit. And he's like, okay, man, just letting you know, I'm getting really hounded about getting started about the podcast. 
Now, now you're like, oh, well, I don't want him getting hounded. I feel bad now. Now you have a certain level of obligation to commitment, right? It's not a, hey, hurry up. Would you hurry up, please? It's not that. Now it's like, oh, well, I got to hurry up. Now, he didn't say it that way. He didn't tell me to hurry up. He didn't say, what, what the F, why are you late? No, no, no. He said, man, I'm getting really hounded about getting started on the podcast. Okay, I better hurry up. Completely different level. He didn't realize he's doing it. So, so my, my point is, is like, he's evil is what I'm telling you. I, I, so you can just imagine this poor service advisor sitting across the thing, just waiting. He's on the phone. He's like, uh, and he looks he up and there's shake. Lucas. What's that? He does shake. Yeah, I know. I saw him when we saw him at dinner and he was like, can I have the chicken? And he'd look at over at you and you'd be like, <laughs> will that be you okay, boss? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and so I, I will give a perfect example. I was, we were in uh, Coronado for ETI Tooltech 2022. And I'm pretty easy going. I'm pretty laid back. Most things don't bother me. And it, I've got, I've got to be up and out of the room at 3 a.m. to catch my flight, which was very early that morning. Right. And so at 930, there is a wedding party that's still going on and you can hear word for word what they're saying about 500 feet away. And so when the music's playing stuff, and I've got videos, I'll show you, stuff on the walls were rattling, right? Like I'm talking about the pictures are falling off the walls in my room. It's so loud. And so I call and I said, hey, I'm not complaining. I don't want you to think I'm upset, but I just want to understand, like, what's the time frame for this? And and in all honesty, I was going to go get a hotel room somewhere else. I wasn't going to say a word. They make a lot of money from that event. Great. No problem. I don't have any qualms. Doesn't bother me a bit. I'll go get a hotel room. Great. No problem. I'll go get something close to the airport. And the first thing the dude on the phone said, well, I don't know what you expect me to do about it. I mean, I, you, you know, if you didn't want that, you shouldn't have stayed out and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, goes off about how it was my fault. And so that that's the one thing in customer service I can't stand. Absolutely. Don't blame me. Yeah. Don't blame me. Try and understand what I'm saying. Even if it is my fault, try and understand and explain it to me. But don't blame me. Right. The, the defensive mentality. No exactly. Exactly. And so the very next thing that happens, and I get it, a lot of, we have to remember that the customer service people always have somebody coming at them. Right. And you, you get programmed to do this. So he says, I'll call you back and I'll let you know when this is going to be over. And he never calls back. And so I call back up there and he basically like shouts at me on the phone. I don't know what the hell you expect me to do about this. And I'm like, you were probably his 800th call. By right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm frustrated. And, and you know, I, a, a little bit later, the manager calls back and says, hey, it's supposed to be over at 1030. Now, the true story was it was over at 1030 or it was over at 10. But then they started packing up. And so then you can hear the trucks and everything. Else. And it's cool. I don't have a problem with it. It's all right. But by then I was so mad I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> and so long story short, I get back. And, and I realized that my service advisor has got this thing he does. When he answers the phone and somebody says, hey, I was expecting a call and I didn't get a call. Oh, well, I, I, I just called you. No, 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 no. I don't think you understand. We don't do that here. Mm. Right. And I'm over here like I'm about to pop my lid because I just had this experience. And I'm like, I am so glad we don't do this. And then I find out he's doing it. <clears throat> yeah. Is that what just set you off? Makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Don't interfere with Lucas's sleep. That's exactly right. I, listen, I'm a grouchy baby if I don't get sleep. I am I am the biggest brat. But, you know, the, the point was is that that 
I've got to be really careful about listening to them. And I will teach them. I will go in and say, here's why I do it this way. It's been very, very hard for me to recognize the things that I'm strong at. Other people aren't strong at. Now, they're they're strong at great things. They have great abilities. And they, they're wonderful human beings. And, and they are elite at their level. Wouldn't the better approach be to try to get them to figure out oh, the correct way themselves? Absolutely. So, like, you... So you say, hey, can I give you some feedback? Yeah, yeah. When you when you blame the customer or try to make excuses rather than just upfront apologizing, it makes the customer feel like they're being attacked or it's somehow their fault. I, I typically do that. Not the way you want to deal with the customers. Can, and you, can you do that better? Can you do that differently? I, I have learned that. Right. And, and what I will do is I have learned that if I do that, it's more effective. And then if I have a conversation and say, here's how I do it. Well, that's the problem, up. though. Like if you if you throw in the this is how I do it, it's like, OK, well, I'm not you, Lucas. I don't right. have the and southern I, twang and the, the, very, the melodic voice. Like I don't have any of that. So I can't talk like you. Like that's not going to happen. And poor Nathan is no shot. So <laughs> if the desired result is don't blame the customer, then, hey, let's let's talk about this. How what else could you have said? Yeah, I guess I could have just apologized. No, I'm sorry. Here's what we can do now. Let's move. Apologize. Move forward. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the biggest tools that I've ever found in my shop is what would you do if I wasn't here? Right. Rick taught me that years ago. And, and it was what would you do if I wasn't here? And so that's that's where we've seen Nathan grow the most, I think, is saying to him, hey, Nathan, you've asked this question. What would I, you I like that answer better than I typically go, why are you calling me? <laughs> and I don't know. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just that's like, literally what I tell my people. I don't know. Why are you calling me? Well, I want to see what you're going to do. Like, I don't know. Figure it out yourself. Okay. Like, all right. Well, like, what you decide. <laughs> if, if you ask that question, then it provokes thought, right? It makes them slow down enough to think about what they're saying and think about, hey, hmm, I would probably, you know, it was on Friday that Nathan came to me and said, hey, I see we used this oil in this car last time. You know, what do you want me to do? What would you do if I wasn't here? Right now, somebody brought this up after the fact. Nathan said, well, I would probably use the same oil you used last time. I didn't think about the fact. Did you make sure it's the right oil? <laughs> right? Like, we're pretty good about putting the right oil in cars, but did you make sure it's the right oil? I, I guess I probably should ask that. But, you know, giving someone the authority to make mistakes and screw up, that's how we learn, right? And I'm sure you've learned some things making some mistakes, yeah. right? Yeah. I know I have. So, so do you have four people working for you or it's there's, there's total four? Of us four. And, uh, my wife does bookkeeping payroll, so she works from home. I'm, I'm sorry, IRS. She works 40 hours a week right there in that office. <laughs> hey, no, no, I, no. I, I she it. may work at home, in which case a tiny portion may be tax deductible from your home office. <laughs> Too complicated to get involved. <laughs> Listen, I don't have a home office on that one. It's just not enough space versus everything else that comes along with my. If there's one podcast in the automotive world or in the management world that, that an IRS auditor is going to listen to, I promise it's this one. <laughs> Me? Thanks, David. What? I don't deduct my home yet. <laughs> hey, listen, so there's there's you and five. three more people, or there's yes, you, your wife, and then two other people? Uh, it, it's it's me, uh, our managers. I call her service advisor. Uh, uh, 
I forget the word we came. A mix between manager and service advisor. She does it right. all. Oh, uh, she does really messed really up her well. title. Now she's gonna. Yeah. Uh, why are you don't messing listen, up Aaron, Don't listen. Thank you for all the work you do. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> she's absolutely amazing. And that's where I found that I need to let go in order yeah. to see that power come out. You know. Yeah. And does she do everything the way I want it done? Nope. Yep. It doesn't at all. Nobody does. I mean, exactly. I'm, I'm a human being and they're a human being. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we train, we move forward from, from sure. past experience. And, yeah. and then two texts. Forward tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the two texts. And we, we do well. We, we, we have a fantastically loyal group of people. I mean, they're fiercely loyal. Yeah. Amen. Almost to a fault. So we, we service Benz and BMW. 95% of our work is Benz and BMW. And probably 80% of my customers won't buy a car that I won't work on. Right. Um, at least that's what they say. Hey, that, 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 hey it, it's true, right? Like, but, I've got a lot of clients who there's certain brand cars they won't buy because we say, mm, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, we're, that's we're all about the, the experience itself, you know, in, in the uh, term. We don't do oil changes. I know it sounds right. crazy as hell from a shop, but I do not do oil changes. We do maintenance services that include your oil and filter service. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that weeds out a lot of the. Where'd you come up with that idea? <laughs> I, I, I never was willing to give away my work. Okay. Even before others said, don't give away your work. It, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't bring a car in and not do everything on the schedule A of a maintenance service. Tire right. pressures, fluid levels, spare tire, yep. all the extras. And I, I can't give you an oil change price and, and fix a flat yeah. that's no good to you as a spare on the road. So I've always just been value enhanced, and, and I sell off, off off of that. So sort of, I guess I trained my customers to to what they were going to do. And I started as a mobile tech. So I worked at, at the dealer all day. Worked there from seven thirty to five. I left. I picked up a, a car on the way home. Probably the first five years, I don't think any customers of mine even knew where their car went. They just right. knew it came back the next morning, service with the key in it, and I went to work. Right. You know, and the only time that didn't work is when something happened in, in the middle of the job, which right. happened way too often, of course. But you, you try to plan that off, too. But right. so they were all trained. And, and you know, nobody expected me to come to their home, pick up their car, take it to my house, do everything that I do, service it, clean it, return it back the next morning for an oil change price. Yeah. So that's just how I started. It was something different. It's it was not the service. same thing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You, you can get an oil change at Jiffy Lube and then pay me to fix what they break. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's an interesting, interesting approach. I, I heard a guy on Karma's podcast like years and years and years ago say that he like minimum charge was like two hundred and fifty bucks for his like maintenance service, yeah. and he's like, I I replaced the crush washer, and he gets a new oil drain plug, and I, I like the whole, he does this like whole show, and it's a minimum like X Y Z dollar amount, but it, like. I don't know. I can't pull that off. So congrats on well, that. Yep. I think I think truthfully anybody could pull it off, but you have to do what he did. You have to build that clientele. You have yes. to build people who want that. Oh and, yeah. And the the big scary thing, right? Like why I think a lot of shops don't do this is because they started on the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they, they went cheap route, right. throw, throw 1999 oil changes up there so for, that, for sale, and that that's what they bought in. Yeah. Right, that transition is really terrifying because you're going to lose 70% of your client base if you begin to make that shift. Now, you can get the right clients for your shop, but, but the problem is the, the clients that will pay for what you do aren't the clients who will pay for a 1995 oil change. It's like going to a cheap motel. I don't stay in cheap motels. Yep. And it has nothing to do with being arrogant or, or feeling like I have the money to do it. No, I, I don't stay in cheap motels because 
I don't want roaches in my room. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. I'll pass. I would rather pay for the better experience than I would have a poor experience. Yep. And so I think that there's people who would shy away from the 1999 oil change and would shy away from Jiffy Lube and that experience and say, hey, I would rather give Dwayne $250 because I want this kind of service. Right. And so the problem is, is that if you build a client base that's that, you're also making the good client base detract from you. They're not interested in coming to you because you're putting this service together. Yep. Making that transition is not easy. It's almost like a complete brand change. And especially without pissing somebody off, customer yep. calls and says, but I just want an oil change. Well, yep. allow me a minute and explain the difference between yep. the two and, and why we charge. And I, and I understand it. There's, there's plenty of people who are, are, are Ruth Chris eaters who also go to McDonald's. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. There's a time and a place for that. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's just that selective, selectiveness, I guess, uh, right up there in front without yeah. upsetting them, without telling yeah. them, Did I'm you, sorry, you're too cheap for me. Did you right. set that out from, set that out, set out at, from the beginning with that intention or was that sort of, it just kind of happened? Mm, uh, it, it may have almost been a little bit of ego. Um, I just have wanted no parts of that world. I, yeah, that's, so, cool. Uh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, there's Redskin so many people that you're like a tenth of a tenth percent. It, it, most most it, people would have been like, "Oh, I can get more business if I just lower my price down," and, or or they would say, "I can do it better than the the place I work for, so I'm going to be cheaper and I'm I, yeah, I I'm going to be a few dollars cheaper." Money. That that how was often an does that happen? Insight. And I, I tell you what. I think it was your mobile experience that gave you the extreme insight because you realized that you you couldn't make money being cheap. You couldn't Correct. make money being less than the dealer. You had to charge more than the dealer. And I, you know, I got this huge. Oh, I won't say it was an argument. It was a debate. Dan Beaky or Bleaky um, on LinkedIn. He's a he's a service manager for a Chrysler dealer, and this dude has it together like he's all about hey we got to come together as an industry we can't be divided like this anymore the dealers are are no better in the eyes of the manufacturer than the independents we need to be working together we have a technician shortage problem we have all of these issues let's work together to fix them because we can't do this divided we have to come together and so he commented on the right to repair post i made on linkedin and then other people started commenting right and and he some of the other guys were saying, no, you know, you guys are asking for access for free and we have to spend these millions of dollars and this, that, and the other. And I had to explain, no, A, we're not asking for access to, for free. We're willing to pay. We want there to be some sort of boundary, entry boundary that, that says, hey, not everybody should be a shop owner, yep. right? We want to be paying for the equipment and the information and what we need to, to fix the car. And it was very interesting when I dropped the point, like, hey, we service 70% of the automobiles in the world today in aftermarket facilities. If you had 20% more than what you have right now, and he argued the point, not Dan, but the other guy, he argued the point that, no, we'd be all right if there's a 20% increase. Dude, you're three weeks out right now. You can't get them. And so I began to explain, like, hey, we do something different than you do in the aftermarket. We should be charging more than you are. You're fixing pattern failures. You're working on cars that are brand new and under warranty. You are you have all of the specialty tools and the equipment. We have to go buy it each time a car comes in. You have an auxiliary income source because you've got parts and you've got, uh, you've got a profit center in, in car sales. You've got money coming from every direction we're working on cars, right? And so I really believe that the aftermarket should be more expensive 
than the OE dealers. I, I, for some reason, this conversation keeps coming up that we should be less. Man, you can't be more than the dealer. You can't be more than the dealer. Can't be. Who cares? We're absolutely putting a agree. lot more in. And, and the dealer gets subsidies that we don't get in exactly. so many ways when needed. You know, exactly. And then you turn around and you look and you see these guys leaving the dealers. Oh, I got screwed over. I'm, I'm going to beat their price. I'm, dude, you're the only person that you're screwing now is yourself. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know? You should have come out ahead of right on. At least half of our customers that come in say, I hate the dealer. Yeah. I'm here because I can't stand going to the dealer. Yeah. Some yeah. drive farther to come. They pass two dealers to get to our place. Yeah. yeah. Why shouldn't I charge fairly? I don't want to even say more. Why yeah. shouldn't I charge what I need to? Amen. To take Amen. care of my family, to take care of my people, and so that we can all enjoy life and want to come to work. Yep. Nobody wants to come to work if you're struggling. I mean, nobody would go to work anyway without a check, right? So at least it's got to be a good check. Yep. Let's do I what agree. we can do there. And and there's no doubt that you know the, the whole industry need, needs a rise there. There's yeah. just, just no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I know I need to go up, right? I know for a fact I need to pay my people more. I know for a fact that I Why need to Why are you talking about <laughs> What? You're just blowing smoke. What are you talking about? I've told you this. I need to pay no, my people. No, no, you do not. They do pay just fine. I've seen what your people make. You overpay all of them. CPI maybe not. 9.6. Maybe not um, Eric. That poor guy gets so much abuse <laughs> that he is severely underpaid. <laughs> I don't severely know. There's underpaid. that much money out there. But, <laughs> but you know, and and. When I move, I plan to go up a little bit more, and I plan to pay my guys a little bit more. And, and you know, I'm, I'm waiting on the balance right now because I've expelled so much cash flow into the new shop, man, and I won't do that again. Uh, but long story short, you know, I want to go up for everybody, and especially with inflation, they need a bump, and everybody needs to go up. But, man, I'm, I'm competing with shops that are $65 an hour, and they're not marking their parts up. And I get that, you know, I don't know if you saw Becky Witt's post the other day talking about, you know, the dynamics of demographics and, and all these things. I get that. Yes. I think we got a long way to go before demographics really play into it. But in the same way. quit worrying about inflation. Biden's got it under control. He just did a speech. Oh, yeah. We'll all be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll exactly. Why is everybody rolling their eyes? <laughs> all right. Our camera's We're good. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.